a really positive bunch of people um, and it's a really interesting bunch. You've got every every type of person within a film set. If you're ever going to get stuck on a desert island, <laughs> film crew. <laughs> ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Today's guest is Kate Morath, who from a young age had an aptitude for music but didn't wish to pursue a career in it. She had always enjoyed the electronic aspects of physics and so after seeing an article about sound mixing she applied to do some work experience and worked in a music studio in Leeds in her spare time. Subsequently Kate studied television operations specialising in sound at Ravensbourne University. Upon graduating Kate joined the BBC Manchester Audio Unit. She had the opportunity to work in all aspects of audio but she especially loved working in both drama and music and later chose to specialise in the drama department. After eight years at the BBC Kate became free and has subsequently worked on numerous TV and film productions such as Florence Foster Jenkins, Avengers Age of Ultron, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Prince of Persia, Philomena and Victoria and Abdul to name a few. Hi Kate. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for asking me. Pleasure. Um, so you are a first assistant sound. Yes or otherwise known as a boom operator, which is what I guess I know you as as well. Yeah. Well, I, the term I've heard before. So what does that exactly involve? Uh, well, we are the person that's on set with the microphone. We deal with all the microphone positioning, particularly the one with the long pole uh, that you see people holding and hanging over the actors' heads at a specific point so that you're not in shot, but you're as close as you can be to the actor. So that's primarily the job. Uh, but we also deal with other aspects of sound uh, so that we can get as clear sound uh, for the soundtrack. Okay. And you operate as part of a, the sound team, don't you? So there'll be someone else that's listening. Yes. There's a sound that mixes who's the head of the department um, and he's the man with the head or the woman with the head headphones. Um, and uh, then there's the first assistant sound and you may have one or two of those in a, uh, depending on the type of job. Um, and then you have a second assistant, you may have one or two of those, depending on the type of job. And you can have a third sometimes. But So on a big job, you, you might get two first assistant sounds. Um, one will primarily do uh, the beyond the floor with the um, actors and the boom, the pole and the mics there. And the other person would um, concentrate on radio mics. Uh, okay. Everybody these days has a radio mic. Do you describe what it is actually, the, the thing that you're attaching to them? attaching to their costume rather well the microphone is, is a tiny little pip head of a microphone and then there's a long cable and then it attaches to a radio transmitter which you know they're, they're quite small these days so you fit in the palm of your hand you know they're getting smaller and you have to hide that somewhere within their clothing or in their outfits and we can hide them in helmets and you, you stick them on with types of sticky tape and wind protection if you're outside uh, so you, you but you've got to hide all that within a costume and if it's very very flimsy it's quite difficult costume are very kindly so so some of the microphones in for us so they're already pre-rigged and the person puts their the actor puts their clothes on and then all we have to do is then attach the transmitter when they get to set 
okay so it's very sneaky yeah I was gonna say it requires a lot of like sneakiness I guess but yeah sort of but being clever about where you, because on the occasions that I've worked with you is like a sort of a bit of a puzzle isn't it sort of like where can we put this to sort of make sure that or he's doing a particular action like you might be able to see the microphone let's put it somewhere else so you, I guess you do need to know the camera shots and angles and what's happening in the script as well yes yeah. yes I mean it all helps the more more information you have the the more likely you are to find a position that because you don't want to be going in all the time and fussing and fussing for the actor's sake as well, because they're in character and they, they've got a lot going on around them anyway. And you just, if you can find somewhere and, and it works, that is wonderful. And you don't need to then play with it uh, and annoy them and annoy everyone else because <laughs> you're constantly going in. Um, and in saying that, actually, on the occasions when there is like a particularly fine costume or... Um, they may not be wearing many clothes. What do you do in those situations? Oh, yes, well, it's very tricky. And you have to li- liaise very closely with the costume and the actor to find a position that you can put it to hide it. And you also, it, it helps to know the action. Uh, and sometimes there isn't anywhere to put it. Um, but it uh, depends on the budget as well, whether they can paint things out uh, with um, visual effects. So, so it's a... There's lots of things to think about. I think on one, we had a, a man with not many clothes on and we had to hide it in his crotch. <laughs> I got my assistant to uh, go over and do that, I think. <laughs> We've had, we put them in the hair, we put them in the clothes. And if they're not wearing tops, I know that people, um, they hide them and have them painted a little bit so that you can't really see that they're there if the clo- clothing's very tight. Ah, but yeah, we did have somebody who didn't have very much on, and he he was luckily sitting in a kind of a chair, so we could just hide it inside near his underpants. He was. <laughs> he must have been like, "What is happening today?" <laughs> yes, luckily I didn't have to do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if actors or actresses or um, don't want to wear a mic? Are there, what do you do in those situations? Well, you do get that that sometimes, and all you can do is explain why you need it, or you accept that you're not going to have one, and you have to find another way. So there have been times when they said, I, "I'm really not going to wear it," and you you go, "Okay." And then there's other times when they said, "I don't want to wear it," um, and and you go, "Well, it would be really helpful if." if you wore this because and the cameras we've got two cameras and one's wide and one's tight and we won't get the really good sound if you did and and most people are really really good about it you know um and you have to be respectful and there is a there there is a you know that we're not this is to get the sound for the film but they need to know that they're that you're you're not listening in all the time and and stuff so when they're on set and they're acting then the mics are up but when they're offset the mics are down because a lot of other people have headphones these days so producers and people are all listening in they they need to have that confidence that that you're going to fade them out as soon as they leave the set uh, yeah that's true oh, but you know you sort of said if they don't if they really are adamant they don't want to wear it and you said that you find another solution what is that other solution well you have to let everyone else know uh, so you let the first AD and the cameras know that we, we haven't got a radio mic on them. It's it's not possible. And and then um, and then you have to they, they have to everyone has to kind of work together so that you can get the sound without the radio mic. Oh, okay. Or they go, you know, yes, someone else might go and talk to them. But it, it, if they if they're just being belligerent, but you, don't, you I've never really had that. Yeah. 
they understand and if they don't want it there's a reason why they don't want it as well and that's usually a very good reason yeah a very good reason so in terms of the actual and the so the thing you spoke about earlier uh, with the long stick and the sort of it looks like a duster I'm going to say yeah. it's like a bit of a, a duster I think if people have that they may draw a connection then would have seen one and you often see them on like when you're watching a show and they're in the show they're filming something that's the first thing they've probably like a prop they've used to indicate that they're filming something yeah. um what purpose does that serve is it it's referred well, to as a boom isn't it the, the, the boom pole is the obviously the long extendable pole uh, and then on the end of that you have a microphone in a cradle so that you don't get any handling noise um uh, so it's sitting beautifully in this uh, cradle but without um, any protection you can get wind noise so uh, there's various types of thing that you can put on the end of on the microphone to um, stop that wind noise and one of the things you put a it's like a cage and then around that cage you can put this big fluffy wind gag and and it stops the wind getting to the microphone oh that's interesting Oh, I just thought that was a, okay. This sounds really silly, but I just assumed the whole thing was this was the microphone. I didn't realize. Makes sense now that you're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> all comes off. You can strip it down, and you can have. Um, so if you know when you're outside, obviously you'll have that fluffy because there's generally some form of wind. Uh, but you don't always need the fluffy one. There's one that's a bit more like a sock, which is not fluffy, um, and that goes over the the. the cradle or the cage uh, um, and then you've got a foamy gag which uh, you use inside so that when you move the mic because there's no wind but when you move the mic you'll get uh, wind noise the foam wind gag helps with that and then why would you use that instead of using a microphone on what occasions would you use that um, rather than the microphones that's um, the mixers and then uh, you, you've got two options then but when you've got say you've got a wide camera and tight camera at the same time you can't get that close sound with a boom mic because it has to keep out of the wide camera shot so radio mics are really useful then especially when they're using two cameras and uh, they are you can't guarantee that they're going to keep the shot the same with the two cameras when you're doing single camera you might be okay having the wide sound and then you come in for the close sound with the boom but when you've got the two at the same time you can't do that Oh, okay. So they're all kind of there to sort of, um, they're contingencies for the for each other. Would I be correct in saying yeah, that? Then? Yes, yes, to a certain so extent. If yeah. one doesn't pick it up, and the then other some one. Joys, and sometimes they're walking and talking and you'll never get in with a boom ever. So they would, yeah, use the radios then. Uh, they're, if they're walking from a big distance and they come closer and closer and closer. But you'd also have the mic coming in as well from the from the boom and that, that would get the perspective of it. And it's up later, they will mix in and decide what, where they want to which bits they want to use which mic they want to use oh it's so interesting because I think um again like like it's one of those things you just don't think about when you're watching something you just don't and but you don't realize the kind of work that's gone in beforehand to just even hear something in a movie or a film like a tv show so it's um it's quite interesting I find it personally very interesting because well, I always wonder wafting it over people you know you actually know you've you got to know where what the camera shot is and how what that lens is going to how much headroom they're going to have and where so you put in the mic just above the top of frame for each of the shots above the actor and and getting the actor on axis and um so that they sound clear that kind of thing you know yeah. i mean this is a side note but does it get quite tiring to hold those things because i can yes yeah. can do especially on a really windy day 
Yeah, I was gonna say it must be really like tiring. No, I was saying you said that you think you're gonna take off sometimes when the wind's blowing really hard. <laughs> um, so, what do you enjoy about your job? I like the people. I like traveling. I like the. I I really like being in a fantasy world. Uh, not not just not just. Um, it's just a different world where yeah. you where the the sets are amazing and 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 the costumes are amazing and that's my favorite type of film is yeah. when not now not the contemporary stuff <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the contemporary stuff you know it's still very interesting um but I like things that take you out of the real world yeah definitely I think I have to agree and likewise with the things thing that you said about earlier about um the people it seems to be a running theme people it seems to be the one main one of the reason one of the more main reasons why people do what they do is because of the variety of people that they meet and just yeah like the social not the I, social aspect is the wrong term to use but the different people that you get to meet and obviously with every job you're not always working with the same team so often I'm not the same team but the same generally the same crew so sometimes you meet all the different crews that you meet and the jobs that you encounter so yeah it's a it's a running theme they're, I think they're a really positive bunch of people um, and it's a really interesting bunch. You've got every every type of person within a film set. If you're ever going to get stuck on a desert island, <laughs> film crew. <laughs> You'll always be entertained, definitely. Yes. And they've got people who can build, people who can make, people who can cook, people, who, you know, you've got, you've got an engineering people, you know, it's it's a real... A uh, fantastic bunch of people. Yeah, there's a variety of skills there, aren't there, as well. What are the highlights of your job? It's really nice to when you get a tricky shot and you succeed. Um, you've got to do a long walking shot, and you've got obstacles in your way, and um, you're having to walk backwards, and uh, the camera's walking backwards, and everybody is words, and 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 when you succeed and you've done that, you feel really great. I've, I did one on one film. I had to, the actors were jumping on stepping stones in the sea and I was on the cliff up behind them. Wow. With the longest of long poles. <laughs> and I was coming along and I had to go along this really dodgy cliff. Um, and I, it wasn't very, very high, uh, but it, it, it was high enough. And, um, and I succeeded and it, it sounded really great. And I was, re- we were lucky. It was a very still day and the sea was very quiet, but it worked. That's very satisfying. Yeah something like that comes together though doesn't it isn't yeah it? yeah that's, um, that's nice it's when it's um something you think oh crap how am I going to do this and then actually you're like oh no it can do this and then you sort of figure out the way to do it yeah. um that actually leads me to do you have do you end up having to put yourself in very odd positions physically yes <laughs> or capture yes I have been squished up in the footwell of a of a bin wagon <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you get squashed in corners you get standing on the top of ladders um, hanging off beams <laughs> really oh. high up I, and uh, one funny story uh, on Oliver Twist the Alan Bleasdale TV uh, series Fagin was doing some magic act and I was at, on the top of a very tall ladder booming Fagin over there and he does this magic trick and all these doves come flying out and they all flew around and they all, every single one of them landed from one end of my boom all the way along on my fingers, on my head, on my shoulders. And all, and I was just covered there. 
covered in all these doves just perched on me with their little claws in my oh. hair and on my fingers. <laughs> oh, I'd hope someone got a photo of that. I don't know if anyone ever did. I've never seen one. <laughs> well, you can at least say you've had a few doves on you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can imagine, like you said, yeah, you probably have put yourself in very odd situations to capture the the conversation. You have to, you do have to squeeze into some small spaces sometimes, just to because you've got to negotiate uh, the lights and not cause shadows, and uh, there's you know ceilings and chandeliers and obstacles and you know expensive vases on. You've got to, you've got to make sure that you're not going to knock any and break any of the props, but you've also not got to hit the ceiling and you're not got to trip over and there's lots of things to think about when you're on the set and where you're going to be not getting the camera people's way because they've got their things to do so my next question is how did you get into this world well I uh, when I was at school um, I did a lot of music and I also I, I studied music of uh, physics and maths at a level but I really like the electronic side of the physics and I and I like my music, but I didn't really want to be a performer. And so uh, I was just kind of looking around at things to do. And I found an article about a lady sound mixer. And I thought that looked very interesting. Um, so I wrote to some music studios in Leeds, where I grew up. And um, one of them gave me a job. And I just used to go down there in all my free time and work at this music studio. And I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And I spent a whole summer there. I don't think I went home once actually (laughs) we we had bands coming in and then we went out and we worked we we helped the bands at the gigs Uh, and it was a really great time but I thought actually I might not want to live completely in my work uh I I didn't want to you know I was there so much I didn't I didn't sleep it was it was great then uh but then I um applied to the BBC I was only 18 and they said oh go away and get older so I went to uh, Ravensbourne College and did a um, TV sound. Well, it was a course for TV operations, but I specialised in sound. And then after that, uh, I got taken on by the BBC, and I was um, placed in Manchester in an audio unit. Which uh, and it just kind of followed from the moment I decided that I wanted to do something with sound. Um, it just followed. Beers officer was really good at school. Actually, he took me into Radio Leeds because oh, yeah. he had a little careers program just so I could sit and see what was going on which was really good of him that's really cool I think it's um I think on other episodes we said that there's usually like it just takes a few people to sort of give you a little bit of a nudge in the right direction or give you that helping hand and I think it often when it comes from sort of school age it's it's even more impactful because yeah. you see that there's a whole world open up opens up for you that you thought often a lot of the careers especially in in the film and tv world um beyond the obvious ones that you hear like actor writer director there's loads of things that you don't know that ex- exist so it's great when they the world is opened up to you because i think well when i was at school you know they were all all the jobs were very it was like a one a four of jobs that existed but it, obviously there's more jobs than that but the ones that they were kind of directing you towards and it was it was quite sexist in those days, you know. There was sort of um, yes, you you you're, you should be a nurse, and um, and and then the boys were being the engineers, and it it was starting to change, but it hadn't hadn't really, you know, it was still quite sexist, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and this wasn't even on the list. I just uh, it was just that article I found, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting, because um, oh. I didn't really know that those kind of jobs were possible. 
Yeah, and this is a bit of a random question, and it may not even be applicable. But are there a lot of fe- are, do you find there's not that many female boom operators? Now there's there's quite a few now. Yeah, I think um, we're on the up, um, and there's a, there's a lot of women. It, well, in the whole industry now, it's it's on the up. But the sound department are, are pretty good. We've got quite a quite a few female sound people now. Okay, that's always good. I like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. to hear about those things. Good, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so you have a daughter who you had whilst you were working. How did you continue working and have your child as well? Well, I was I was very lucky. The first job that I did uh, she was 11 months and it was in Northern Ireland and I moved over to Northern Ireland and I took my mother as a nanny and I found a nice little nursery for her uh, my my boss lived there uh, in Northern Ireland and his wife was a health visitor so she she and he helped enormously with us uh, finding a place to be so they, they were absolutely fantastic and i don't know if I could have done it without them yeah. and and then that just continued so whenever I got a job away my mother would would come as a nanny and and I also put her into nurseries in the country so she's been um, in nursery in Northern Ireland in Paris in um, uh, Budapest and she's been to Germany and then my husband came out to Morocco for two months and looked after over there when we were over there so as a family we kind of made it work sometimes you don't earn very much because you spend it all on the nursery and the and the facilities to have the extra family there but it's worth it because you have an adventure yeah I was gonna say that is such a cool that must be so must be so cool for her growing up having (laughs) those experiences but she's got a good French accent oh there you go (laughs) Um, no but I think it's pretty amazing I think just everyone finds like everyone does find their own way to sort of manage um, whatever circumstance in life that they have and then also work whether it be being a carer or being a parent so I think it's great when like you said when your boss or the people you work with facilitate that and help you with that as well I think it adds it's, another. It has, it's amazing the people have been incredibly supportive and and they they sort of they do help you work it out it's been lovely how helpful people have been and yeah. unexpected but yeah I think it's really nice and um, I think it's probably the way forward I imagine <laughs> I hope <laughs> well I think it's important that women feel that they can carry on and and do the job and don't dismiss it as a job just because they think that they won't be able to do that and and have children and have a family life as well it's, yeah I think it's, it's really possible important. yeah yeah and I think just having conversations as well with people as well because I often it's a conversation that people don't have as well because it can be a little bit of a taboo subject I think Um, so it's important just to know that these like it is possible as well like you say so I know that you mentioned that you have contact with the costume department and stuff but um, is there other departments that you have to interact with you know we're one of the one departments that actually liaise with everybody every other department because we need to have costume to help us hide mics and we need to talk to props and uh because we need to get rid of unwanted sounds so we might have to put little things on chairs or under cups if people are moving things around and put little mats underneath plates and because there's little extra sounds that are really they're really annoying um you have to talk (laughs) locations because you've got air conditioning on or somebody's mowing in two houses down and you they have to run around and tell them or ask them politely to stop (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so you can't you do actually end up liaising with every every department at some point it barks we have to talk to the electricians about things that are noisy that they have and uh, the cameras obviously we're liaising with all the time for the 
shots and oh that's interesting you know, so, and and then in, like so because how much of it can you because I'm assuming in it's easier to admit it like get rid of it whilst you're doing it rather than remove it in post-production right because some of the yeah there's it, you try and get rid of as many of the horrid extraneous noises as you can without interfering with with the actual actors and shot everyone you, it's kind of balanced and then um what's the most this is going to sound like a really odd question but what's the most normal thing that makes the oddest sound when you're recording well i think cutlery is horrible it's so oh. loud <laughs> glasses you know things on tables when they're drinking so if you've got a cup and you clang it down it's just uh, too much often so you kind of have to put something maybe to help yeah I don't know the, the oddest thing is that's that's a hard one be, to think off the top of my head because th- there's everything feet feet can be awful ah. we, we have to put stuff on the bottom of their shoes or carpet down we're constantly laying carpet and then pulling it up and putting it down again and laying it in and um and then uh, if you see them walking off into distance you have to then put stuff on the bottom of their shoes uh like a soft rubber stuff and then but then you might see the bottom of the shoes then we have to take it off again <laughs> so you're constantly liaising with all these people like, <laughs> and, yeah that's, that's it's so interesting like your kit a your kit must be massively full of all these random things that you may just need just in case just in case yeah and also like again you just don't think about these things when you're watching something that a walking shot of someone walking up the stairs I don't know walking down like in a corridor has actually taken x amount of shots and one has probably been where you've had to like do it for sound one's been for like the actual like just to get a close-up I don't know how many shots they do but it's just so interesting because you just well, on, um, don't think about these on things. Jane Jane Eyre we had uh we were in a, a hall and all the girls had clogs on oh wow on the floor <laughs> And we've got all these extras walking around in the background with clogs on. And we had to, we cut out a brown kind of carpet. And because they were clogs, we had to um, staple them to the bottom of the shoe to make it stay. So we cut it, it was the same kind of colour as the wood. And we stapled it onto, I don't know how many pairs of shoes. Wow. Pairs of clogs. Wow. <laughs> Just... I can imagine that being a very annoying. And then you have to take it off again because they might be going upstairs and you might see it or something like that. So. jeez. Oh, <laughs> Very, very busy uh, sound and costume department we had on that day. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so I've come on to my final question. What are your three favourite to watch recommendations? Well, favourite's really hard. Yes, everyone says it. Because I have so many films I like for different reasons and depending on which mood you're in. But one film who, which I've always loved, and it's a, a low budget Australian movie called The Castle. And I love that. And it makes me laugh every time. It's uh, it's about a, a family that live in a little house backing onto the airport and the airport want to expand and they want to take their home and they fight it in the Australian courts. And it's lovely. It's a lovely film. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. I'm assuming they win. I'm hoping they win. It's a lovely feel good film. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eric Banner's first movie. He's not the main character, oh, but he's in it. Oh. And he's very, yeah. okay. so simply done. And it's it's such a lovely film. Oh, I'll add that to the list. It sounds like a nice movie. Yeah. What about your second? I thought uh, The Insider is a very well-made um, film, which is Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. And Al Pacino is a journalist. Um, Russell Crowe is a chemist and he worked for the tobacco industry. They want to stop him from talking about the tobacco industry. Uh, oh. So it's he's, they're, they're trying to, yeah, the, the, the tobacco industry don't want the... the um, 
journalists to make a program about and they put a gag order on Russell Crowe and they they it's based on a true story I think I've seen that actually yeah, yeah. and I just think it's very well it's Michael Mann it's a very very well made in it film yeah uh, I, I I don't know why I chose I, mean, I could have chosen a number of films of that ilk but I that one I picked that's sure and then you can't, you can't, I love Ardman films and they did The Pirates, The Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists is, is, I just love their films and it's a lovely, well-made stop motion thing. I don't know how they do it. I just, they're just brilliant. That is amazing. The yeah. stop motion stuff is, is really, really amazing. And the stu- Ardman Studio stuff is always really nice as well. Um, I haven't seen it, but seen seen some of their other stuff because it's the same studio that does Wallace and Gromit isn't it yes it is and yeah. then it's you know they're the same kind of well it's, but it's, it's yes it's just a great funny film and they're very well written very well made oh um thank you for your recommendations and thank you for coming on the podcast it's been very interesting well thank you very much Bruno. thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kate tune into the next episode where I'll be speaking to armourer Tim Lewis and if you get a moment could you please like follow or subscribe on your podcast platform and follow the crew chats podcast on Instagram thank you